Hello, I'm Connor Sweetman and welcome to InsureTech Radio, the podcast about insurance innovation, technology and entrepreneurship. This week, I'm delighted to welcome Jay Weintraub, the CEO and co-founder of InsureTech Connect. InsureTech Connect, or ITC, is the world's largest InsureTech event. Every year since its inception, ITC has taken place in Las Vegas. But this year, 2020, for obvious reasons, Jay and his team have had to completely rethink how they can create the same experience, but in a virtual environment. In our conversation, Jay and I speak about how he and his co-founder, Caribou Honig, met and how they set up the very first ITC event and how the event has evolved over the years, including how they've adapted to this new coronavirus and virtual conferencing world. We also speak about the business of conferences and what it takes to create a successful event. So please enjoy this conversation and I'll speak to you next week. Well, Jay, you're very welcome to InsureTech Radio. It's a pleasure to have you here. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. It really is. So we're so what, we're two weeks away from InsureTech Connect? We are. We are, how we, many are days? Less, you know? we are less than two weeks away. We are ten days. Ten days. And how does it how's it feeling for you? So it feels exciting. I will say that uh, on any given day, it also feels daunting uh, and nerve-wracking. But we try to focus mostly on the excitement. Great stuff. Well, we we might get into what uh, this year's festival is going to look like. And I call it a festival for a reason, you know, a celebration of all things InsureTech. Um, But I was hoping maybe we could start by going back to the start of InsureTech Connect and uh, how you met your founder, Caribou. Do you remember your first conversation with Caribou and how the whole idea um, uh, was born? So I I do remember it quite well. We were introduced through a mutual friend. I had, by this time, had already launched a couple other conference series, and I had been really intrigued with the insurance industry. And so this mutual friend knew that I liked uh, and loved, you know, sort of events as a way to connect people and, and advance industries. And he also knew that Caribou was really looking for an insurance event to attend. So we got introduced. I start going right away on how much I love insurance and I want to do an event. And I start talking about my event idea and Caribou sort of, you know, uh, I mean, I'd say looks at me, but we were on the phone at the time. And it was sort of, well, I'm sure that's going to be a great event. I don't want to attend that one. So could I convince you to do an insurance event that I want to attend? And so he'll often talk about how he's an audience of, uh, of one. But uh, I'm happy to say that, uh, uh, you know, he did have a good idea. And uh, thanks to his input, uh, InsureTech Connect is clearly, um, you know, I, I would say, has benefited. So I'm interested in the difference in opinion there. So like what what uh, did you not want to attend or, or Caribou not want to attend? So, I mean, probably not surprising. He's an investor. So his lens was very much around, I want to be around other VCs and I want to be around a certain type of startup. And in this case, you know, an insured tech startup, even though no one knew what to call them at the time. My background had been largely in... I would say, you know, customer acquisition. And when I was thinking about insurance, it was an event that was geared far more towards the distribution side of insurance. And while there are plenty of great startups that 
touch base with you know, an impact distribution, you know, a distribution event means that as a VC, you're getting only a narrow field of view of the startup landscape. So his desire was how do I as a VC get to see a much broader view of it? And it meant an event as a result that would be much broader. And so tell me about that first event then. How did, how, how did it go? So, you know, our first event was 1,500 people. We, uh, you know, sort of said to ourselves, we'd love to have 1,000 to 1,200. It was, nothing was perfect. I mean, it was so much better than we could have anticipated uh, it ultimately going. But it was amazing. When we first started, I thought, wow, this is going to be a big expo experience, you know, like innovation, all these tech companies, everyone's going to want to have a booth. And so we booked a convention center space where everyone was supposed to have a booth and almost no one ha had a booth. And we had <laughs> you know, very, very little uh, space for sessions, but everybody wanted to learn. And so it's kind of interesting. You're dealing with a physical space that has physical limitations, and you're trying to figure out what, what you can do with these. And anyone who was there in the beginning will you know, tell you stories of how we were we had to walk through or around a like a wedding expo to get to part of our you know event or how like in the networking side of things we didn't have because we were space constrained where we wanted to do it we didn't have like tables so there were these like dots on the ground and it was like go find a dot go stand on a dot and yet you know it's it's a uh, so it's f fantastic to see what people will sort of uh overcome when you know the, the right like-minded people are uh near enough by, even if the like-minded people means uh, going through a wedding expo. <laughs> and how has the event evolved then over the last couple of years? So this event has certainly grown. It went from 1,500 people in the first year. Our fourth year was 7,000. It continues. Wow. Well, thanks. It's, it's been uh, unbelievable. Uh, it continues to become more global. I'd say like a lot of things, we just kept trying to focus on what we believed added value and what we believed was important. And to us, one of them was, you know, the diversity of the audience. So it had to be from different lines of business. It had to be from different parts of the value chain for innovation to work. It's about communication. It can't just be same people all the time. You know, we wanted to be from right, all over the globe and it needed to be people that could actually get things done. So having an event that is that you travel to in many ways is like a signal of like I care uh, a lot about it. So we've that's why we kept it in Las Vegas and we've kept it sort of one time a year to try to be like a Super Bowl or, or the term that I think you've used in the past, you know, sort of like a festival. It it really should be a celebration as much as the takeaway is the conversations and I would not have known this person had I not been there, you have to go away inspired and believing that the industry that you are working in is exciting and is changing. And, you know, that that sort of physical presence and energy uh, of ITC is probably one of the best ways to realize that something's happening here. That's great. And I think it kind of um, uh, allows for a little bit of a transition because I'm very interested in uh the business of conferencing because uh, you know we all turn up to these things and we might take for granted all the stuff that happens behind the scenes so so but maybe i could, could pick your brain on just some of the some some of the some of the ingredients into what goes into making a great conference and i thought i'd start by asking you know what are conferences at their core 
at their core, you know, I think what's interesting, at least to me, is there's the to your part, there's the business of a conference, you know, and then there's what makes for a successful conference. And a lot of times what makes for a successful conference is pretty divorced from some of the business side of things. So like an example that comes to mind is I had my launched my very first event in 2008. And in 2010, I had an idea for a new uh, event. And I thought, wow, I, I have met some really great people over the course of my journey. Let's do something where we bring some of the, just the best thought leaders together. And in this collection of thought leaders, what I didn't stop to think about was how does that play into the economics of an event? So instead I, I said, okay, I bet I could get 600 people uh, you know, to a show. And I contract for a hotel in San Francisco. And when you contract for like a hotel venue, you have to guarantee them a certain number of room nights and a certain amount of spend in food and beverage. And if you don't hit those numbers, then you owe them the difference. It never even occurred to me that I wouldn't hit it or I didn't even probably realize what I was signing at the time. Now, the room nights is oftentimes fairly straightforward. If enough people book a hotel room, they stay at the hotel. But what I didn't think about was we may have had five or 600 people there, but I put it in San Francisco. No one traveled to this event. So I had all these empty room nights. And you know, when I thought about the food and beverage, it was also a, you know, here's how many meals. But I'm pretty sure I went from a three-day event to a two-day event. Well, that impacts your how many meals you serve. So before I knew it, I did this great event where, you know, the people that have known me the longest will oftentimes say, wow, when are you going to do that event again? Uh, and yet from a business side, because it didn't directly tie to generating leads for a certain subset of sponsors, uh, you know, we didn't have a lot of sponsor revenue and ended up losing, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. But yet it was a great event. It's a terrible business. <laughs> and so we, we spent a good bit of time talking about um, conferences as they've always been, I suppose, you know, in, in person, in physical spaces. Um, and of course, with COVID-19 since uh, February and March of this year, you know, it's, complete, it's completely turned the industry on its head. And now it's like Webinar Central, all the conferences are going online. How have you navigated that? I mean, like when you, we went into lockdown in March, what was your first reaction? Oh, my first reaction was 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 one of grief, I think, uh, denial, you know, anger, uh, all, all, all that, all that stuff, and you know, and then and then as the uh, you know, I'd say the self pity wore off a little bit there, it was really appreciation, and and I mean it genuinely because we as ITC serve an industry that is valuable in times that are good and times that are bad. And the shift from, you know, people doing business as usual to now, how do you take a large organization that has mainframes and become purely work from home? It only accelerates this uh, you know, digital transformation. And it only started to, you know, validate a lot of what InsureTech was about. So for us, we got to say, let's stop focusing for a moment on the our business model which is not going to be possible this year and instead try to say 
how did our business get to be what it was? It's this industry. So we've been spending a lot of time really trying to say what matters and how do we add value to this industry? How do we continue to help people connect? So then when you're rethinking how you design the, the conference, um, what were some of the ideas you had? Maybe maybe we'll start with some of the ones that you thought would be good but didn't w w wouldn't be practical. And then like, what have you come up with now to, uh, to uh, really make this uh, virtual event uh, as, as good as possible? Well, if this weren't a podcast, you'd see me smiling. And <laughs> because there were, oh, there were a lot of ideas. Uh, you know, one of the ideas that we had was, well, if people can't gather over a certain amount, do we do a a simultaneous uh, small group gathering on the same date, but just across the world. And so it was, yeah, you know, let's have a hundred places sort of being activated, a hundred small venues where each one would be connected to the other venues. And right, how do we set up, you know, streaming in some sessions? How do we stream in, you know, some of the people and the networking and so that was one that we pursued pretty aggressively for a while because we thought that, that's got to be kind of interesting. So, you know, where we ultimately landed is we uh, did what most conference companies, you know, sort of did. We shopped around for a whole bunch of virtual platforms. We ended up spending a lot of money on a license for one of them. And I think the thing that we did that was different is after we started trying to customize it, we sort of said, we just don't. This does not feel like the experience we want to deliver. That doesn't feel like it's going to derive the value. Like, how are you going to find and connect? And so for us, that meant how do, how do we have more engagement? How do we have more ability to chat, to video conference? Those are the things that you know, it's about the conversations that take place. And I think as virtual evolves, it will probably you know, move more and more away from, you know, sort of let's have eight hours of sessions to let's have a lot less content um, and in a lot more, but a lot more structured engagement. And that's what we're sort of excited about is to sort of crack the nut on. I know it's only 10 days to go till, uh, till the event, but I suppose, have you given any thought to 2021 and, you know, if, if it's happening in person, combining some of what you've learned this year to make some sort of hybrid event or have you, have, or have, are you even thinking about that far ahead yet? I would say we have certainly thought about, you know, kind of next year. No, one thing we have learned is that there is no replacement for being in person. There is no replacement yet for you know, the energy, the, the, just the productivity that can come when people are in the right room. I think we've all known that we need to connect on a year round basis. And, you know, we want to find a way to be more inclusive if people can't travel. So I think there's absolutely elements. No, I, I, you know, believe that there'll be some matchmaking and I believe there'll be some more, uh, I'd say narrower, uh, you know, engagements. So instead of trying to have an ITC global once a month, we might do something that's very specific within the value chain or sort of lines of business in order to facilitate the conversations that take place. Or, you know, sort of thanks to you guys and, you know, helping us with <clears throat> our world tour, running the Ireland stop 
And I think that was probably one of our biggest, you know, unexpected successes here is, is sort of what the world tour can do and how we can unite a globe and take people on a journey of, of insure tech uh, from wherever they might want to be. And that would count, you know, I'd say as a, as a hybrid engagement. So I think we certainly, you know, looking for things that will augment the, you know, experience of in-person and will continue to sort of push the industry. Great stuff. Well, Jay, thanks very much for your time. Do you have any parting words for our audience before I let you go? That's a, <clears throat> of course, it's hard for me not to say, uh, go to insuretechconnect.com and please join us for ITC Global. But really, it's a, a sense of gratitude. It's a sense of, you know, thank you for, you know, sort of allowing us to exist. If it weren't for, you know, the, the passion that people have and the innovation that they have of trying to make insurance you know, sort of something worth talking about, you know, we wouldn't be the place where people talk about it. So more than anything, it's just a, a sense of thanks to everyone. And of course, for their time. So where can people get in contact with you? Sorry, I'll ask that again. So where can people go to find out more about you, Jay, get in contact with you or find you on social media? So they can certainly go to insuretechconnect.com. Uh, you know, I am on LinkedIn and I'm uh, uh, usually pretty accessible. So if people want to send me an email, uh, jay at insuretechconnect.com. Uh, though I will say my response times over the next 10 days are likely to be slower than normal. But uh, absolutely hope they'll check out the event. Feel free to connect with me. And I'm uh, looking forward to, to sort of conversing. Well, thanks for conversing with me, Jay. Um, best of luck with the event. Thank you. And thanks again to InsureTech Ireland for everything. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on LinkedIn. And please visit our website, insuretechireland.org. See you next week.